<laughs> I did see. I saw Grammy. Uh, you know, Tabs Grandma mm-hmm. on last Saturday, and she saw me and she said, "Oh Lordy!" <laughs> and, I like, and I was like, "What?" She said, "Oh Lordy!" And I was like, "The podcast." <laughs> she was like, "The podcast." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> did you watch?" It was funny. It came up that That's, that that is funny. that topic came up in conversation a couple times, but well, that can be the unofficial start. Welcome to episode eleven, Colin, of What Board Christians Talk About. Hey, we're glad you're here. And we hope you stay. Yep, we we owed Colin a a shout out for sure. A couple shout outs. We but. did. He has been one of the most faithful listeners to the podcast, and we made a joke about Abigail and Nathaniel being our only fans. Mm-hmm. And Colin specifically reached out to let us know that he was offended by that joke. Not really. Thank you for listening, Colin. Also, Colin is my brother. Colin so, is awesome. Also, Colin's wife, Hannah. She listens to the podcast as well. She hey, really Hannah. enjoys it. So Hello. thank you, Hannah. They both get shout outs. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And and we say heck because on the last podcast we decided we can't can't cuss. Not unless we're sharing the gospel. Not unless we're sharing the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I say we just get into it. I, Let's just go. We got a lot to talk about we today. We do. That's true. And we've already rambled for too long. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. What's the first segment, Graham? Well, if uh, if you couldn't guess by the way that I'm dressed today, it has to do with football. So we, as we're getting into the fall season now, football season, um, some of you, not all of you, but some of you are doing your fantasy football drafts. And even if you don't know that much about football, hopefully you know kind of the idea of what is a draft, you know, where people go and pick their players. So the first thing we have today is that we are going to do a fantasy football draft of five rounds of Bible characters. And we're going to build our, our football team based on drafting characters from the Bible. We'll draft a quarterback. We will draft a tight end. And then we will have three middle spots that can be running backs or wide receivers. You can do two running backs, one receiver, two receivers, one running back, however you want. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. It'll probably still be funny. And if you are, if you were like about to click away, if you're about to skip forward, well, you can either skip forward 15 minutes and continue the episode. Because this won't be the whole episode. True. Or, or, you just try something new. You just try something new. I'm telling you, I think even if you don't like football, this is going to be funny. Cue the music. Pretty funny. You're welcome. Thank you, Tad. All right, and we're so, back. <laughs> question, because we didn't discuss this beforehand. What style do we want to do this draft? Do we want to do just a normal linear draft or a snake draft? I don't know what that means. So a linear draft would be I go, you go, I go, you go, I go, you go. Or a snake draft would mean whoever goes first, the last person gets two picks, and then it goes back this way. So it would be like me, you, you again, me, me again. Yeah, let's do linear. Linear. I make, think that makes more sense that when you're sense. just drafting two people. When you have more people... Snake draft is more fair. Mm-hmm. But you want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes first? Yeah. Okay. This is the real reason people want to watch this. See who wins it. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, two. Oh, are we doing two out of, best out of three? No, we don't have to. Okay. Okay. My, Michael was scissors and Graham was... Rock. Rock. 
Okay, yeah. Rock beats scissors. Thank you for thinking of that, Ted. Appreciate that. We don't like you, Spotify. Watch on YouTube. Michael doesn't like Be you, a Spotify. Real uh, I still like you. Um, <laughs> going first. Oh, this is hard. Who do I want my first overall to be? You know what? I'm going to, for my number one overall pick, I'm taking Moses. Moses in that running back slot. I just think there's several things about Moses that help, um, would help to the overall team culture. For one, he's a, he's a proven leader. Mm. So he's really great for the culture of that locker room. You know, he's going to, one that's going to lead them and get them hyped up team captain for sure. Um, he's also great for those clutch moments when you need to get just a couple more seconds on the clock, you know, because of that whole t- thing when the, the, the earth stopped rotating mm-hmm. and they had extra time. Yep. So if, if you need that, he's got you there, but he's also, I think the, he's got the athleticism took out the Egyptian warrior. Mm-hmm. So one strike. he's one strike. He's got that skill mm-hmm. for sure. The physicality that you <clears> need, <throat> but the real clutch skill, I think that he's going to bring to the team is He's really great at just creating a lane right down the middle, mm. if you know what I mean. So that's good. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yep. Nice. So that's why I got to take I got to take Moses my with my number one overall. See, I was going to take Moses, but I was going to put Moses in the quarterback spot. Okay, I respect that too. Because my thinking was he's probably got a good arm mm-hmm. if he can kill a man with one strike. See, he could probably. Chalk he's a versatile ball. player. You so, know, yeah, he could. I'm putting him in the RB, but he could go in a lot of spots. Honestly, yeah. there's a lot of positions he could play. And those versatile players, they're hard to come by. If yeah. you can get a guy like that on your team, then he can always sub for your quarterback if he mm-hmm. goes down. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of versatility, mm-hmm. we can talk about my first pick. What's your first pick? Michael? My first pick is for the quarterback spot. Since you took Moses, is going to be Ehud. Ehud. Okay, I didn't even have him on my board. Ehud. Tell us about Ehud. Ehud, uh, if you don't know, is in Judges. Couldn't tell you the chapter. Can you look it up for me, Tad? Tad can look up the chapter and put it up <clears throat> on the screen. Uh, Ehud is a left-handed warrior that killed Ooh. one of the fat kings that was oppressing Israel in the time mm. of the Judges. But the reason... It's in Judges. Judges I know that. Three. Judges chapter 3. Pretty early. So I pick Ehud because he's left-handed... But because of the culture, he would probably be pretty good with his right hand, you know, hmm. because I mean, that's everybody used everything with the right hand. So he was left handed, probably. And presumably he was ambidextrous. Oh, that's so, interesting. As a quarterback, I feel like being able to like switch, throw with the left, throw with the right could uh, could put him in a pretty good spot to make the make the. I like throw. that. I like the big braining with that pick. Honestly, Michael. Uh, my only critique of that pick is that he wasn't even on my board. So you probably honestly could have taken some of the <laughs> higher up names and let him slide a little bit and still got him in a later round. Maybe that's true, but, but I do like it. That's a, that's a really classic Michael moment. I feel like <laughs> that's a good pick. I like it. All right. For my second pick kind of surprised left him up there. Cause I feel like he's easily also another first rounder. Um, but I am going to go with the quarterback position at this point. I think and I've got to, I got to go David, King mm-hmm. David. Um, I'm thinking of that pinpoint accuracy, you know, the way he took out Goliath with mm-hmm. that stone. You need somebody that can drop those dimes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I know he's a little bit on the, he's a little bit on the short side, which is not what you typically want for your, uh, for your quarterback, but he's a proven warrior. And Hey, Bryce Young, the quarterback Panthers just drafted. He's on the short side, but the short guys can still get it done, mm-hmm. we hope. Also, he's got that same leadership dynamic that really fits into the culture of the locker room that you want to build. 
the only the only thing that made me hesitate was I know he has a little bit of off field um, scandals that I don't want to affect the mm-hmm. the game too much, you right, know. Yeah. But that's the that's the only concern. Other than that, he's he's a star player for sure. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Very nice. Awesome. David wasn't even on my list. So. Oh, interesting. My second pick, I think I'm going to pick a uh, wide receiver. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to make my my second pick Goliath. Ooh, I did have him on my board. Natural in the spot wide receiver slot. Yeah. At wide receiver, he's yeah. got the height. He's got. The, he's yeah, gonna. If there's, if there's a if there's a pile of them down the field getting ready to catch, there's definitely not going to be an interception. Goliath's gonna. He's gonna grab that ball. He's the kind of wide receiver that they're they're hard to throw an uncatchable ball. And he's them. and he's got the tenacity. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just. No matter how how tight the defender is guarding him, he's just got that height that he can reach around him, mm-hmm. you know, and and snatch that ball. He's got the athleticism. I mean, none of the none of the the people from the children of Israel wanted to go up against this guy. Yeah. So except for David, and he's aggressive. So. He's got confidence. Confidence is key. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. so I like it. I like the height, the physicality. He's he's an in, interesting. Um, I hear he had a really good college game. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like that pick, and that's 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 tough because I, I did have him on my board here. Mm. For my third pick, I think I also need to go wide receiver here because I've gone RB and QB already, so I need to um, kind of diversify a little bit. And I wasn't as deep on my wide receiver board. I'm going to go Samson mm-hmm. with my wide receiver slot. Um, again, just the physicality. Of the man, you know, he was known for his brute strength. So I think in those situations where you got to wrestle the ball, um, he's your guy. He's the guy you want. I mean, look at the, what the man did with a donkey's jawbone, right? Like, if he can do that with a donkey's jawbone, imagine what he can do with a football. Mm. So I have to take him in my wide receiver slot. Again, same concern as David, a couple off-field issues, but... Um, and and he's not as great for the the locker room vibe because he was just kind of uh, he's arrogant. He's not part of the culture that I'm trying to build with or my confidence. team. You could call right? him confidence. He's he's confident, but he's he's not as much of a team player. A very wise man once so, said about two minutes ago that confidence is key. Yes. So I mean, you want a good confident player. He does. He does have that. I just don't feel like he's the team player. But I'm hoping that's something that can be coached. You yeah. know. And with guys like like David and Moses already on the roster that are such good leaders, you know, I feel like the locker room is going to be okay. Yeah, they and can we can kind of bring him along there. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. still young. He's still you know? young. Yeah. Well, so for my third pick, I'm torn, but I think that I will pick another wide receiver because I don't think you'll choose my running back, and so my wide receiver is going to be John. Which John? The beloved disciple. Okay, okay. Because gotcha. he outran Peter. He's a good runner. He's right. got speed. I, I also had him on my board for that reason. He's got speed. Yeah. So He does uh, have that you speed. Know, he outran Peter on the way to the tomb. And he has the ear of the coach. Mm-hmm. He's the... the uh, I think you said before the podcast that the Trinity, Father, Son... Spirit. Mm-hmm. We made them off limits, right? Because so like, people were were concerned that we hadn't taken Jesus or the Holy Spirit yet. That's why. Yeah, it would be too op because they're so, like they're like the commissioner. They're, they're like, like the, the league commissioner slash coaches of yeah. the league for sure. So we did establish that rule before the podcast. So 
We got to get Jesus's golden boy. Mm-hmm. We'll take John. I like that. That's a honestly, that's a OP pick. I think, especially in the third round. Is that what, the last pick of the third round? Yeah, like, third that's round. that's. I really like the position. Like how far he fell to you there. That's that's a good pick. I like it a lot. I had him on my board for the exact same reasons you said. Um, there's agreement amongst all the scouts that he's one of the top guys that top can guy. get it done. So I really like I really like your pick there. A little jealous. Hurt me to scratch him off my board, not gonna lie. For fourth round, I am gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go with that tight end spot. I wanna sure up my my tight end. For anybody listening that doesn't know what a tight end is in football, it might help a little bit to understand the purpose of a tight end. A tight end is kind of a flex guy. So he can be used as a wide receiver. He you can he can be counted on to go out and make those catches when you need him to. But he also helps, he's part of the offensive line that helps protect your quarterback. So it's a guy that you want in your corner, you know? You can Mm -hmm. trust him to go out and make the play when you need him to make the play. But he's also in your corner protecting you on your blind side. So I'm like, who do I want protecting me on my blind side? Only the manliest man ever, John the Baptist. So you go with John, I go with John, you know? I was was nervous a little bit when you said John because I was getting ready to go John the Baptist Mm -hmm. for my tight end slot. And, um, you know, Jesus said there's no man born among women like John the Baptist. I mean, the man is a total B.A., Mm I got to go with John the Baptist for my tight end slot. That's good. For my fourth pick, it's pretty late to not have a running back. It is. So I think I'm going to have to go with my running back. I wasn't too worried that you would take him, but not a man of much note in the Bible. But I think the scouts have definitely noticed that the young man in Mark 14 that is fleeing from the Centurions is the perfect running back. Do you mm. know what I'm talking about? Do you know who I'm talking about? I might need to read the verse. You might have to read it, yeah. I'm off the top of my head. Young man fleeing from the Centurions. Jesus is betrayed is and arrested. I'm in Mark 14, 14 verse. 51 and 52. Although I'll probably start a little earlier. But it's like He's arrested. They take him, leading him away. And then... Uh, Peter strikes the guy's ear. Yeah. And Jesus says, uh, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Mm. Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left and fled. All his disciples left and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him. But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Oh, so he's also good at those strip sacks. So he's good. Yep. Defense. Well, he's, you know, he's going to, he's going to get those jukes. He's got the spin move, you mm-hmm. know, they, like they had him, they had him wrapped up. They had him seized and he still managed to sneak Dang. away. So you got a squirrely one. Not only is he speedy, but he is, he's, he's got the moves. He's got the moves. He's squirrely. Like he can get away. Wasn't even on my board. Should have been, honestly. I mean. Because that's, that's really good. I he's like a sleeper that. pick, I think. But, I think I think so. And yep. and to go ahead and grab you a sleeper pick. And he's dedicated. There, I, I mean, you know, he even even naked is, okay. you know, just not, not phased, not afraid. Okay, for my last pick, um, I think I'm going to go running back again because most of the 
wide receivers that I had on my board that I liked are gone now. So for running back, I'm going to go Joseph, uh, not Jesus' father, Joseph from Genesis. Because similar situation. The guy knows how to run from Mm. a bad situation. True. So the the Potiphar's wife trying to get jiggy with him, Mm. and he ran out of there. So I think he'd make a pretty solid running back. Also, the character there, he's the the guy on the team that you can always trust to do the right thing, even off the field when nobody's looking. And when you have a guy like Samson on the roster, I just I want to back up with a guy that I could be confident in. I'm not going to have those same off field mm. issues. So I think I think my final pick is going to be Joseph in that extra running back slot. Very nice, very good pick. Now my fifth pick, I'm going to need a tight end. Oh, that's right. You haven't taken a tight end yet. And you know, they say that the best offense is a good defense. So this pick might be a questionable one, but I think it's in the end going to play out right. Okay. Because the best offense is a good defense. I mean, this is the last pick in the draft. Mr. Irrelevant. You can do whatever you want here. So, Tight end, Bathsheba. Bathsheba, the first lady in the draft. Yeah. I like it. Now, why would I pick Bathsheba, you might ask? Because she's probably not as strong. She might not make a good tight end. She's not going to get the blocks. She's probably not. Probably not. She might be able to catch a ball. I don't really know. I'm interested in your reasoning here. But you had David. Where was David? Was David your QB? He was my QB. See, you need your QB to be focused. Your QB is the one leading the team on the That's field. True. He's got to be paying attention. He's got to be looking downfield, checking defenders. Mm-hmm. He's got to be checking his size, making sure he's not going to get sacked. Mm-hmm. He's got to make sure that his running back is, you know, going down the right lane. He's got to be focused. But if Bathsheba's on the sidelines, his focus will be broken. Is she going to be streaking? I mean, it, whatever it takes. <laughs> Oh, wow. You know? Wow, so, that took a turn. I just think that Bathsheba, wow. Bathsheba's the move. It's going to it's gonna distract that's him. A, that's an interesting... The best offense is a good defense. Thing. She may not be the best offensive pick, but she's definitely the best defensive that is, pick. That is interesting. Wow. So, I think that we would definitely win. I feel like there's, there's definitely still some good free agents on the board, you know? Mm-hmm. Now that the draft is over, I think, you know, some some honorable mentions mm-hmm. of some free agents that I'm going to try to go out and sign. Yeah. You know, uh, as a backup QB, I have the woman of Thebes from Judges. Again, the accuracy. She's mm-hmm. the one that threw the stone from the tower to knock out Abimelech and take uh, him out. Yeah. So I'm telling you, as a backup quarterback, you know, that was the other woman that I had on my draft that I would I'd like to take think she'd be really good also as another flexible guy i feel like simon the zealot because the zealot and a lot of people don't think about it they were basically trained ninjas yeah so he's gonna have athletic he's gonna destroy the combine man i mean mm-hmm. his he's gonna break records his stats are gonna be off the chart so there's definitely some good free agents still yeah. out there i think i can tell you some that i might sign as well maybe for a running back zacchaeus you need good, short running backs. Can slip between the cracks. Can slip between the cracks. Small mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Small man. Zacchaeus. And then, uh, you know, Saul, King Saul could make a good wide receiver. He's got the aggression for sure. He's got the aggression and he's got the height. Uh, a head above the mm-hmm. rest. Joshua was also good. Same For the same reasoning oh, with yeah. Moses, he also is good at making those pathways down the middle. So there's some good things here. I'd like to see, you know how on TV when you're watching football... 
and you have the the screen pop up of the guy and they say what school they're from mm-hmm. i would love to have that with the guys from from the bible draft you mm-hmm. know like john the baptist galilee state or wherever he's from yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like that would be fun but that was fun i enjoyed this yeah, it was good i enjoyed doing our our bible football draft very nice it's fun hey, it up. throw it in the comments or whatever who you think would win whose team yeah, who, who won this draft? Let us know. We need to know. Thanks, and maybe guys. throw your own fantasy draft in the comments. Oh, that's true. That'd yeah, any fun. yeah, and any any free agents or sleepers that you think we missed, people that should have been drafted way higher that weren't mm-hmm. picked. Mm-hmm. Let us know that too. All right. So, what do we have next, Michael? Well, next I have a little treat. Maybe it's a treat. There's a problem though. I feel like it's a treat for Michael because it's on my phone. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> Well, I need to read the article. Gotcha. Uh, can you tell me where to look it up? And you can look on my computer? Uh, Yeah, can I take your computer up here, though? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Fantastic. While we're doing that, do you want to explain what exactly it is that we're doing? <laughs> I don't feel like I even need to. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I'm going to read an article... Okay. Here, I'll, I'll do it once we're... That's my first appearance on the podcast, guys. Guys, welcome, Tad. Welcome back if you were gone. I don't know if we'll end up cutting any of that out. But I have picked an article uh, about some some Christian news from Christianity Today. Okay. And I am reading it to Graham for the first time. So he has no idea what I'm no about to I have no idea what we're about to talk about at share all. I'm kind of nervous, not going to lie. But I think it's just going to be fun. Just an, interesting, take. just an interesting little article. It is from Christianity Today. It is called The People of Dog. Christians own more canines than cats. The People of Dog. See, it's a play on words. Because dog spelled backwards is God, yeah. Gotcha. Wow, that's good. <clears throat> Three quarters of pet-owning Christians, 75%, if you don't know, in the U.S. That have... math, but not that bad. <laughs> In the U.S. have dogs, while less than half, 43%, mm. possess cats. That's according to Pew Research Center report <laughs> released this summer. In religious breakouts provided to Christianity Today, figures show that t- twice as many Christian pet owners only own dogs, while less than a quarter exclusively own cats. About one in five own both. Do you own a dog or a cat? Sort of. Sort of. I'm not allowed to have a dog where I live, but I kind of co-own my parents' dog. I helped them buy it, Um, and I'm very close with that dog. I'm at my parents' house all the time, so it feels like my dog, yes. Yeah, yeah. They also have cats, but they do not feel like mine. I also am among those that would have a dog and not a cat because, A, I don't like cats as much as I like dogs, and, B, I'm way more allergic to cats. Yeah, that's fair. I don't blame you. So I'll keep reading. I'm skipping down in the article a little bit. Okay. Um, Many Christian pet owners go beyond seeing dogs as domestic help. They instead see them as part of the family. Nearly half, 48%, said they see their pets as family members. And about equal numbers said they were a part of the family, though not quite a family member. Would you say that your dog is a family member? No, I'm. You put me in the hot seat because if if my family does watch this and I say that the dog is not a family member, 
I think I would probably have to be in that same category that's like, what, what, how did they wear it? Like they're part of the family, but they're not a family member or something. Mm-hmm. Part of the yeah, family. yeah. Part of the family, not quite a family member. Right. I, I, I think I agree with that. Okay. I think I agree with that sentiment. So make it 49.1%. Yeah. Cynthia Rue, who wrote a devotional for guideposts about her dog Josie's loyalty, describes her dachshund in non-human terms. About a year after the passing of her angel, Rue discussed Josie's affection for her in the context of Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous hand. Do you think she's taking it too far? I don't know. I'll keep reading. When did God... When God did not seem near, Josie did not judge. She listened, and she was just the companion I needed in those dark, uncertain times. Part of that comfort stemmed from her pet's lack of agenda, she said. They just loved me because I loved them, said Rue, who has also owned a cat. They were just there. What's this lady's name again? Rue. 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 Is Rue single? I feel like she's single. Rue might be single. I don't want to judge. This just sounds like a thing a single person would say about their pet. But I just think it's good to know that, hey, if God's not there for you, because there might be a time when God's not there for you, at least your dogs will be there for you. So says Rue. Oh, gosh. Julie Busby, a veterinarian and founder of Dr. Busby's Toe Grips. There's more. A product that helps dogs avoid slipping. Wouldn't say that dogs love to the extent that humans, made in God's image, can. Rather, a strong sense of respect and dependence on nurturing, she said, may be what it is. Something still reflective of unconditional love. I don't think we can classify animals as sinners, Busby told CT. Do you think that's true? Yes, I think that's true. That's probably true. true. Animals aren't sinners. No. Which really makes it convenient because I think we can remove the element of sin out of the relationship and it just makes it so sweet. I think there's some element in that that reflects the purity and untainted relationship that we have with God or that God has with us. I really don't want to have an opinion about any of this. (laughs) Not only are animals there for you when God's not there for you. But God's always there for you. But not only are they there for you when God's not there for you. I will never they, leave you or forsake you. But if I do, at least <laughs> you have dogs. At least I sent you dogs. Um, but then, uh, and the, because they're not sinners, then their love for okay. you is untainted. They're not sinners, but they're not righteous either. <laughs> they're fa- I would not call them sinners. I'd call them fallen. Yeah, that's they're what I'm still saying. Fallen. They're still fallen. They still poop on the floor mm-hmm. if you don't train them. Yeah. They still bark at the mailman. Yeah. They still sneak food sometimes. They still shed. There's all kinds of bad behavior that dogs do that it's not sin because they're not humans. They're not created in God's image. They can't sin, but they're fallen. You can't say they're righteous Mm -hmm. and holy either. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like that argument is just dumb. I mean, I think it's a little silly. It's very silly. There's a lot of emphasis placed on animals. It's very silly. Yes. A lot of emphasis. Yes. It's like it's like it's easier because your pet isn't sinning against you. It's like relationship with your dog is better than with a person, you know. But we kind of talked about this before where it's like the messiness of human relationship 
is part of what makes human relationships so sweet. You know, yeah. Conflict breeds intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so there is like, you know, while it might be uncomfortable in the moment. I also feel like anybody that thinks a relationship with their pet is not messy is, is just living in a fantasy world mm. and over hyping their pet. Well, it's yeah. A lot of hype for the pet. Because there's definitely messy moments with being a pet owner for sure. Yeah. I think there's a theological argument that we're doing what God designed us to do by taking care of animals, Burge said. The original intent of humanity was to take care of animals and nature. Increasingly, Americans are choosing to be childless by choice, says Burge. Yet pet ownership suggests that many are still looking for something to care for and potentially indicates an innate desire in humans to care for things. I think that's true. Uh, that part I can kind of understand a little bit. Yeah, there's like you know? an innate desire in human beings to like nurture and care. That kind of makes sense because I've, I've thought about that before because, I mean, I like dogs too. I'm a dog person. I, I like pets. I like animals mm-hmm. and they're fun and stuff. But I have thought to myself before... It's kind of an odd behavior. Like, why do humans do that? Why yeah. do we invite animals to live in our home with us? Yeah. Like, that's so we- that's such weird behavior. Why do we do that? And it isn't. It wasn't until just now when you said that that I was like, oh, that kind of actually makes sense. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because that's part of our nature is that we're wired to take care of creation. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first thing we were called to. I kind of like that part. Actually, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. But then I think the problem comes when you're like your desire to take care of. The creation that's not in God's image is, you know, is more right. than your de- desire to take care of God's image. Right. It's like, it's much easier for me to just buy primo, you know, $100 dog food mm-hmm. than go feed like, well, somebody Well, like, for example, starving. when I go on mission trips and stuff to Honduras, it's a third world country. Good pet care is not a thing there. Not really. Unless you have money, you know, there's not taking your dog to the vet there's there's just not again unless you're pretty well off right you have pets you have animals and you see some mangy poor pathetic looking critters mm-hmm. down there um i am also sorry that i just said critters that felt very bad um that but it's like a gosh it tasted bad coming out of my <laughs> mouth you've got you've got some some pathetic looking animals down there for sure. You also have children that are starving. I mean, yeah. we had in the nutritional program that we have, we had two kids pass away this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the mangy dog on the street when there are children dying. Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand the desire to take care of animals and to take care of nature. And I do think that's a good desire. But at the expense of people who are created in God's image that are suffering... I struggle with that. I'm not going to lie. And mm-hmm. again, this is coming from somebody that does love animals. Yeah. So I just, I struggle with that a little bit. I agree. And that's coming from somebody who doesn't like animals. Mm-hmm. So there's balance of opinion here. So it's like, it's like, just screw them. We should just never feed animals <laughs> and only feed people. And we could end world hunger. But maybe that's not true. And maybe that's, that might be, you know. No, yeah, I don't think that. I think they still serve a purpose because even in a third world country, they still have pets. When they can't afford to feed themselves, they still have dogs. Why? There's something about a, an animal companion that I think yeah. is wired into human nature that they we want one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, in some ways, <clears throat> like we talked about mm-hmm. in the episode, uh, can will animals talk in heaven? Mm-hmm. You know, 
Did we like... talk about do dogs go to heaven in that episode? We I didn't remember. We didn't. Because I feel no, like... well, we mentioned mm. that we don't think there's a redemption it's plan. True. They don't. Sorry, your pets don't go to heaven. They don't. Uh, but I think that there will be. An, I mean, obviously, there's there going to be, be animals in heaven. Will God give you a, a dog that looks like your dog in heaven? Maybe. Maybe. But is it going to be your dog? No. Uh, but I. But it's you know it's like there will be animal human companionship absolutely in heaven because i think that that's part mm-hmm. of what god instituted at the beginning of creation mm-hmm. when he like gave us dominion to look over animals and you know all of creation nearly two-thirds of christians own at least one pet okay the same percentage as the general population so it's actually not that different okay so we own as many pets as lost people do yep and just under half of christian pet owners in the u.s said they think there is a right amount of emphasis placed on the well-being of pets when thinking about how pets are treated in comparison with people. So, like, half the people think we're putting a correct amount of emphasis on pets as people. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like we should put more emphasis on people and less emphasis on pets? I I do. Again, I feel like I don't like that you're asking me these questions because as much as I love animals and I consider myself a huge animal person, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the zoo. I love animals. But as much as I love animals, a lot of my family loves animals a lot more. Yeah. And so I'm like, I hope my family doesn't listen to this episode because they are going to be so mad at some of the things that I say. Here's my thing. Do I think if you're going to have a pet and you have the resources that you should do everything in your power to make sure the pet is well fed, has a good, healthy life and diet and amount of exercise and and care for it well? Yeah, I do. I think that you should do that. Do I think that when your pet has cancer and you're going to have to go into thousands of dollars of debt or even not debt, but you're about to spend, you know, drop three grand on mm-hmm. a dog that you should do that. No, I do not. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of thing that my family would get mad at me for. And I think my perspective again is I'm thinking of Honduras. When I watch somebody that I know spend several grand to save a pet that doesn't have, especially like a dog has a lifespan of like 10 years, Mm -hmm. 15 tops. And you're dropping several thousand dollars on that dog. That's 20 years from now. It's not going to be here. Mm -hmm. And I have two children in the nutritional program that died this year. It just makes me mad. Yeah. I'm like, you could be saving children. You could be saving people made in God's image Mm -hmm. and helping them to hear the gospel in the process and instead, you're going into debt for a pet. Yeah. It just makes me mad. It makes mm-hmm. me really mad. So that's where I would I would disagree with that. 28% of Christian pet owners agree with you, Graham, that there's too much emphasis on taking care of pets. So 28% of people are right. 28% of people are right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but 23%, a quarter of Christian pet owners said there's not enough emphasis me mad that's a big number that makes me mad that's a shockingly big number. it is a shockingly big number one percent is bigger than it should be <laughs> that's awfully opinionated but it i think is. i mean, I mean I, i'm, I I'm an opinionated person people know this by now about me but i think you're right i mean it's just yeah i mean maybe you said everything that there is to be said on it but i think that that's like that's such a deep emphasis 
on animals. That's kind of crazy. And, right. And right. I feel like all of the pet lovers in this and uh, our audience just quit listening. But they, they just, shouldn't. We just lost them. But they shouldn't. You know? Because I mean, we're not saying you can't care for pets. It's just that, you know, maybe you just got to check your priorities again. Right. Right. I, I, I love my dog. I'll give my dog a shout out. Ellie May. She is wonderful. She's the best dog ever. I love my pets for sure. But I've got to pick people over pets. I've got to pick people created in God's image over pets. Can you imagine though that that to 23% of people is like a, that's like a, we're not caring for animals enough. Now what I will say, um, where I, where I will give a little bit of a, but this, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to conservation efforts, oh yeah, okay, I do think that we're that Christians especially aren't investing enough in that department for multiple reasons. Okay, one, we were the ones that were given the command mm-hmm. to take care of the earth, to take care of the planet. You got Christians that are that are like anti doing things that are beneficial for the planet, anti-conservation yeah. well, efforts, it's like, because it's a liberal thing. Yeah. When I'm like, well, no, it's a Christian thing. We were, we were tasked with this. So I'm cool with recycling, mm-hmm. using a metal straw when I'm at the beach to save the sea turtles. Like, mm-hmm. sure. I'm, I'm all about doing all of those things to help out with conservation and not littering mm-hmm. and, and saving animals in that way. I think that Christians should be more about that. Like, let's recycle. There's some mm-hmm. really basic things that don't demand very much of us that we can do mm-hmm. to help in conservation efforts and help save animals and things like that. But I also think that's that's a thing that is such an important issue for a lot of lost people mm-hmm. because you also got to think it's ingrained in human nature to be for something. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not for Christianity, if you're not for God and you're not about God's mission because you don't believe in God, you're going to be about something. Mm -hmm. And one of those things that is really important to a lot of non-Christian people is the environment Mm -hmm. and and saving the polar bears and things like that. And you know what? That's reflective of, okay, they don't believe in God, but they still have a part of his nature in them because he's designed us to take care of nature. And instead of letting that be a thing that we can pull them in and say, absolutely, like there's room for you to care about that in the Bible because here Mm -hmm. we almost are anti that. Some people are anti that stuff, Mm anti-animals, anti-planet. Like I'm going to intentionally not recycle just to mess with a liberal, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, that's dumb too. Yeah. Even just like this article is saying that's probably God's image in them that mm-hmm. is wanting to care for something, is wanting to nurture something. Mm-hmm. And so instead of that outlet being maybe like a person or or their congregation, like a Christian would with their church, but it's like they just that's the planet to them. Is they want to care for and nurture that. That's God's nature in them. God wants to care for the planet too. Yeah. So then, to end the article, Christian writer Karen Swallow Pryor is an animal lover who has occasionally worked with the Humane Society. In a CT piece, Christianity Today, piece from 2011 about animal hoarding, or Mm. the practice of taking in too many animals beyond what a household can reasonably care for, she reminded Christians that they should not love animals more than people. 
nor should we love animals less than we allow for greed, fear, covetousness, or pride to rule our lives. She wrote, the challenge to love all things as much as they ought to be loved is a challenge for all of us, not just the animal hoarders. We ought to love in proper measure the animals God has placed under our care. We ought to love our neighbors by helping them to do the same. And I think that that is a really good way to wrap up the article. Yeah, I you actually are giving, like that bit too. You're giving what it deserves, what it can mm-hmm. carry, you know. like Whether you're an animal lover or not, all of us have the same responsibility to find that balance. Yeah, because if you don't love animals and you're just like kicking kittens... Then, you know, I just found my next doodle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I can't draw animal cruelty as a doodle. I can't do that. (laughs) No, but you know, there's, you're, you're, there's a a mismeasurement of love given to animals. But if you're like spending $10,000 to give your kitten, make your kitten cancer free, then maybe you're not giving it the proper measurement. But that's the challenge with all things in life. It's like, I really like video games. You know, if I spend 12 hours a day playing video games, there's a mismeasurement of love given to video games. And that's like, that's That's not right. That's not proper. Life can't go on that way. And I think that is true of a lot of these issues. I feel like the the article started out stupid cringe, (laughs) but then it ended with some good elements that kind of saved it a little bit. I think so. I also think that we didn't really hit about this, but I wanted to because I thought it was important. Um, the fact that so many Christians like dogs more than cats, I think that says something. I think it says that dogs are better than cats. There was also something in here that said, uh, let's see if I can find it. You know, there's a joke in veterinary medicine. Dogs have masters and cats have servants. So I think that yeah. that, yeah, I think that that is why Christians like dogs is because Christians are just dying to be masters. I think it's I think that's actually a negative thing that Christians like mm. because they want to be in the position of authority. They don't want to own something that makes them a servant. Are you saying well, it's more biblically based to own a cat than a dog? That's exactly what I'm saying. See, I think that cats no, are more I biblical. Disagree. I think that you should serve, you should be desiring to serve okay. by serving okay. a cat. You just like a dog because the dog likes you no, more than you like it. Before me, Michael. No, no, because I would say that that wanting to have something that is your master and that you serve it, especially an animal, that goes against God's design, right? Like we're supposed to have dominion and authority over the animals, so it's a good thing that we want to have dominion and authority. But over it's the more animals. blessed to give when than you, to receive. When you're talking about humans, when you talk, yes, when you're talking about <laughs> your fellow human, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But humans are supposed to have dominion over animals. I think that that just sounds like somebody who wants to have control. Graham. Uh, to me, it's not even about control. It's about the cats. Most of them are buttholes. Yeah. You know, dogs. Dogs are sweet and. It's not just that, but you're saying you'll only love something that's lovable. It's, with animals, it's yes. better for you to practice <laughs> loving a cat that is unlovable, because then it'll make you better. I at got loving, my hands. Then it'll full. make you better at loving humans. I got my hands full trying to love humans that are unlovable right now. I don't need. I don't need to add cats into the mix. I mean, cat. It might help. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, dogs help me love people because the, so. the dogs are so sweet, and I'm like, ah. Things are better now because I got to cuddle with my dog. Now I feel like I can go. See, out but and it's love only about what better. you're getting for the from the relationship with that dog. Absolutely, I think that's just messed up. 
Absolutely. I disagree. Also, dogs were what uh, ate Jezebel. So God used dogs to destroy wickedness. You don't see him doing using cats for that. Yeah, you know what God uses cats for? God makes himself a cat. A lion. Yeah, man. Yeah, but not a domestic God is cat. A feline. Yeah, not not a God compares himself to a feline, but, not a canine. But not a domestic cat. Nobody has a lion as a pet. But you could maybe on the new earth. He's not a tame lion. Okay, he's not a tame. He's lion. not a tame lion. Anyways, that's my article. Anyways, dogs are better than cats. They just are. If you like us doing articles, cold cold takes on articles, mm-hmm. let us know. Because we yeah. can maybe do more of them. If that was awful, also let us know, and we won't do any more of that. But if you enjoyed that, um, then that makes that makes two of us, because Michael probably enjoyed that, and you probably enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We will do more of whatever you ask us, because... <laughs> We are here for you. Yeah, now Michael is here for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, last thing. Speaking of the new earth, which we've talked about a couple times. Yeah. The next question I have, Graham, is Is there instant communication yeah. on the new earth or in heaven or on the new earth? One of the two or both. Like texting yeah meaning uh you know within the last really within the last 30 years Mm -hmm. you can call somebody or text somebody Mm -hmm. for free instantly on the other side of the world even like 20 years ago you would have had to pay for it and 40 Mm -hmm. years ago it would have been hard it's something that's very new in human history to be able to just yeah reach somebody as soon as you want to reach them but for the most of human history if you wanted to talk to somebody for one, it was almost impossible for like thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even in the last couple hundred years, it would take a really long time because you would like write a letter, mm-hmm. send it off. And well, even, I mean, even when we were kids, texting wasn't a thing, right? It was phones. And if you wanted to send somebody <laughs> like written information, heck when I was a kid, email wasn't even big yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with, Blues Clues getting excited that he got mail. Yeah. You know? True. So. I remember when my my sister uh, got Neopets. Did you ever do Neopets on the internet? Neopets. Were those like the electronic pets? Yeah. They're like, it was we like a website. Neopets. We did Webkins. Oh, dude, I did Webkins too. Webkins is similar because web, but mm-hmm. there was like an email feature on Webkins where you could email other people. And I remember mm-hmm. my sister had that and I thought it was the coolest thing. We all had Webkins, even my parents. My parents loved playing Webkins, too. They got nice. really into it. Dude, Webkins was pretty dope. I was a little embarrassed as a kid to do it because it was stuffed animals. I have occasionally logged on as an adult just to see if my stuff really? is still there. Dang. I mm-hmm. There's no way I could get into it. I would have no but, idea what it is. Well, yeah, even when I've logged on as an adult, I ha- it's been like for a day just to see what it's like now. Yeah, I mean, and it's to definitely see not interesting as there. an adult. It went downhill, honestly. Like, the classic way that Webkins was was fantastic. And then a lot of this stuff became, like, paid tier membership. Oh, yeah. And it just wasn't as good anymore. There's nothing on there now that would be like, I want to do this. This is also not a part of the conversation, but along those lines, Club Penguin. Some of my siblings were more into Club Penguin than I was. I, I did was so not. much Club Penguin. We tried being I would go, baby my world. mom, when I was 13 years old or 12 years old, maybe, maybe earlier, actually, mm-hmm. my mom would drop me off at the library 15 minutes away from our house. I'd be like, mom, can I go to the library? 
and she would say yes and she would take me to the library and she would leave me there and she would say when do you want me to come pick you up and i'd be like you can pick me up in like three hours and so she would leave me at the library without a phone no way of really contacting me other than me going to the library and saying can i call my mom like going to the librarian but she would just leave me there for three hours and i would play club penguin at the library did you by know myself. you were playing club penguin? I, yeah yeah as an 11 year old that's funny that's wild I would never let my kid do that. That is funny. So this is not the conversation, but uh, yeah. Anyways, instant communication. Is there going to be instant communication in heaven? Because it's such a new thing, it just begs the question, is that something man created? And, you know, God is just, he's just like patiently dealing with it. Or is it something that God likes and intends and thinks he will keep in the new earth? Or are we going to be sending letters in the new earth? You know, it's going to take a couple days to yeah. correspond with somebody on the other side of the world. Well, even though I knew that we were going to talk about this today, I'll be honest, I didn't really think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is also feels kind of like some cold turkey coming up with opinions in the moment. I just, I feel like it's important for me to give that disclaimer That's fine. <laughs> to people too, so that they take so that they're reminded to take everything that I say with a tablespoon of salt. But, um... <laughs> I think it begs a lot of other questions. Like I can't, for me, I can't just answer that question. Mm -hmm. I have to start thinking, okay, well then like beyond that, what kind of things that we have now will exist in the new heaven and the new earth? And then what kind of is the, the standard for reasoning through what is just for here? And then what's going to be there again, that's all speculation because we have no idea how things are going to work. In the new earth, I'm imagining it could be possible that there will be instant communication, but not because we have devices, but because we can just send thoughts to people Mm -hmm. like in our glorified bodies will be like, oh, I should say hey to so and so. And you send them a thought Mm -hmm. from your head and they get it and Mm -hmm. they respond back like that could be entirely possible. Who Mm -hmm. knows what our glorified bodies will be capable of. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think. In terms of the instant communication and, de- and and like a device and like a phone. My first question is, are they inherently sinful? Are, mm-hmm. Like is a phone, is texting, is calling inherently sinful or inherently fallen? Mm-hmm. And then if not, can I imagine a redeemed version of it that doesn't have all of the negative connotations that we have for that thing? In mm-hmm. modern day, like I think a lot of people, their instant reaction would be, no, we're not going to have social media. We're not going to have texting and calling and emailing and, and all of that stuff in heaven because everything's going to be perfect. And that stuff is so I mean, everyone's so miserable because of their phone. Everybody's mm-hmm. so miserable because of all of these things. Of course, we're not going to have that in heaven. OK, well, you can also use those things for a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And if they're inherently bad, we should just not use them now. Mm-hmm. We should just go ahead and to, to stop using our phones now. Mm-hmm. So if they if they can have a redeemed purpose, like all of the benefits with none of the consequences and with none of the negative stuff, then I could see it. I could see you having a phone in heaven. You know, I also think there's an element there that creativity was a good thing that existed before the fall. Mm-hmm. God was creative when he made the world and then he was creative when he made humans and mm-hmm. we we're made in his image and we we're designed to be creative. And the whole reason that we have 
technology now and we didn't then is because we've been growing in that creativity and Mm -hmm. we're inventing things and we're constantly coming up with things. And I kind of imagine that there's going to be an element of that in heaven too, that we're Mm -hmm. still creative and we're constantly building and thinking of things and having creative ideas. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of think that, that maybe, yeah, who knows? I mean, I think it's true that we're definitely going to be creative and we're going to be mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe even innovating and coming up with new ways of doing things. And in some ways, I kind of think of instant communication like killing, you know, killing currently is not inherently bad. Okay. Because like there, there are, there are, there are times okay. when you can kill, like you can kill a deer mm-hmm. to eat its meat. God gave permission to do that. That's true. You can kill somebody who's trying to kill you. Self-defense is okay. God doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, condemn self-defense. Or if somebody really hurts your feelings. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> War, to some extent, is like allowed by God. And even like there are times in the Old Testament where God, you know. Go wipe them go out. Go wipe them out. Like mm-hmm. he pushes them towards mm-hmm. killing each other. I like the animal example, though, because when we talked about animals earlier in this podcast, and so bringing up that it's okay to kill them as well, I think is is interesting. But also, like, the animals didn't do anything to deserve death, you know? Mm-hmm. At least in, like, the Old Testament, when God's like, go wipe them out, he's talking about a sinful people mm-hmm. that's going to be a detriment to God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. I think there's difference there. I like that you brought up the animal example. I think that there's times when God allows killing. So it's not necessarily inherently sinful or inherently bad, but it is not what he intends. It's not good. And so, you know, there's no, there's no question that on the new earth, there will be no killing. You know, I don't even think we're going to be killing animals. I mean, I've said that before, but like, I don't think we're even going to kill animals for hunting, you know, for food. Uh, but, but we're definitely not going to be killing other people. There's no, not going to be any wars. There's not going to be any need for like self-defense. I think it's the same with instant communication where, yes, we have it. It is not inherently bad, but it's not what God intends. But he is using what human beings have created in order to, I mean, he has to. Like, even if he doesn't like something, like in some ways, that's how God has always operated. God never intended for man to have multiple wives. But in yeah. the Bible, men had multiple wives. And it wasn't like he just instantly wiped them out because they did it. You know, he just is using the systems that humans have put in place and he is working with them. Well, I mean, it also makes you think, or maybe it only makes me think this. I don't know. I'm weird. What if Adam and Eve had never sinned? I mean, they were still, even before sin, they were given the command to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and they were creative. So if they had never sinned, how far would technology have gotten in a world that has not fallen? Would they have made phones Would they have invented that before the fall? Mm -hmm. It's a question that pops into my head. If you're talking about it being like not, like not inherently sinful, but also not God's plan, like killing Mm -hmm. animals. Yeah. So that, that's how I feel about instant communication that it's like, not that it's evil, but just to borrow a phrase, it's a necessary evil. You know, it's just something that it exists Mm -hmm. for now because that's what human beings are doing. And God is working through what human beings are doing. There's going to come a time Mm -hmm. when he'll stop doing that. And I think that instant communication is going to be one of those things to go because there's a lot of reasons. I don't think that human beings brains, even before the fall, 
were created to have the capacity for all of the input that we have now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I should be able to know what is happening on the other side of the world in my newsfeed every day. I think that's too mm-hmm. much for a human being to bear. I don't think that it's possible for a human being to have opinions on animal cruelty, taking care of the environment, gun laws and free speech laws and transgender things. And like, I just think that's too much input. Human beings, mm-hmm. I don't even think are, have the capacity to have an informed opinion. Not now. About every single thing. And I don't think God intended for that. I don't think life was made mm-hmm. to be that complicated. And maybe that's the, the fall. But mm-hmm. it's like the Lord gave simple instructions, like a simple uh, blueprint for what life was to look like. Mm-hmm. And it was to take care of creation and have dominion over it, you know, by and spreading his image. Yeah. Instant communication creates all these problems where there's just too much input and mm-hmm. there's too much that you have to have an opinion on. I just don't know that the Lord intended that. And then the other thing to it is it's a lot easier, you know, to say, uh, I know somebody is going through something and I want to reach out and let them know that I care about them. It's a lot easier for me to just kind of haphazardly send a text like, hey, thinking about you, caring, praying for you, send, you know, and then I go back to watching my YouTube or eating my snacks or whatever, just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we've gotten to the point in society where we think that means somebody cares about us. We have set this, the bar so low for caring about a human being that sending a text is a loving thing. I think that's BS. I think that's ridiculous. That's And that's what instant communication has done. I think that the bar is a lot higher to care for somebody, to bear their burdens. That's just how I feel. And I don't think that everybody... And I mean, that's, you know, taking the conversation a lot further. Maybe we just need to talk about this again. I don't know. Come up with more opinions. But I don't think that human beings were meant to have as much of a platform as they do. I don't think that the average person should be able to reach 10,000 people on TikTok. Yeah. I just don't think that God intended our circles to be that big. I, I think maybe the conversation is just too broad and too... I think there are so many nuances to a conversation this silly, even... <laughs> I don't think you it's know, silly, though. See, here's like, the thing. Here's where we disagree. You think it's okay. a silly conversation, but I think it's incredibly important. Okay. Because you're, you're dealing with God's original design and intent? Well, yeah. Okay. And I think it changes how we live our lives now. Okay. Because I think that... Okay. If it's not God's intended purpose... I can respect that. I think that it's just, again, so broad, mm-hmm. and there's so many nuances to it, and it's not something that people are used to talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we're talking about very much um most people if you were to ask them where would you rank the level of importance on whether or not there's going to be instant communication in heaven it's going to be low because they've never thought of it Mm -hmm. before um not that it is a low thing but yeah so i i i hear where you're coming from and i i respect that but i just think there's there's so much there Mm -hmm. um for one like even with what you said okay but there's a difference between TikTok, which you're doing to get views and likes and promote yourself. So will TikTok be in heaven? Probably not. And like a device to be able to call somebody that is not immediately next to you. There's a practical element there that I'm like, I feel like those are two different things. And I could see having a communication device that basically all it has is call and text mm-hmm. and you don't have social media. 
and you don't um, have Google, mm. you know, maybe. So I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many different practical elements of technology and communication that I'm not as willing to jump on and say, oh, for sure, this doesn't fit with God's original design and intent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now in my head, I do imagine it like if there is instant communication in heaven, like for those practical things, it's easier for me to imagine what I first said of like, ooh, I should I should send Michael a thought, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all just from your own your own head. Mm-hmm. But then there's the conversation of two of like, OK, yeah, maybe we weren't created to be able to deal with all of that. But we also do have fallen bodies. And the truth is, we don't know what capacity we have in glorified, resurrected bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, even scientifically now, I think they say that we only use about 10% of our brain at a time. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I think if we use 100% of our brain, but we can only use 10% of it at one time. Mm-hmm. In a glorified body, is it more than that? How much more than that is it? Mm-hmm. We still have mysteries now of like, how did they build the pyramids? How did Stonehenge get there? There are so many things that we cannot fathom how the ancient people with the limited technology that they had at the time did what they did. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's because the technology they used is lost to us. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's because they were just able to do some pretty incredible things. And as time has gone on, we've lost more and more of our ability to where we've kind of leveled out at that 10% of -hmm. our brain. You know, I don't know if you've seen the movie Lucy before no i haven't Um, it is on my list though it's yeah scarlett johansson and basically she's able to unlock 100 percent of her brain at the same time and it's insane yeah it's definitely a trippy concept so to me there's just there's too many unknown factors of that too okay Mm -hmm. well like what will be our capacity yeah and what's currently beyond our capacity might not be Mm -hmm. i don't i don't expect that we'll be godlike where we're we can do everything that God can do and we have the right. same capacity as God, but I do expect it'll be a lot higher than our current fallen state. It, it's definitely an interesting thing. Like what if I want to, what if you're on the other side of the new earth and I want to say happy birthday? Mm-hmm. Can I, which is another thing where you do happy birthdays in heaven. Some people <laughs> are like, time doesn't exist in heaven. I'm like, where does that come from? I understand it's irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's that it doesn't exist. I'm pretty sure there's a passage that talks about a tree that has a different fruit every month mm. in heaven. So there's there's a concept of time, yeah. at least there. Maybe we'll celebrate birthdays in heaven. I feel like that's a fun thing. Possible. You know. Would it be your what birthday on earth or your birthday when you died? It's a good question. <laughs> or will we only celebrate the birthday of when we got saved? Oh. Who knows? But we got saved. Who knows? We all got saved on the same day, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on the cross. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about limited atonement. Okay. Okay, no. you got to stop doing that. You got to <laughs> stop telling me we can't talk about that and then bringing up... I swear, we you can, keep... We can talk about that. We can talk about that. But I'm not at not this episode. We're at an hour you and 13 make minutes. up your mind. Can we talk about Calvinism stuff or not? We, it depends on the Calvinism stuff. So there's things that are okay and there are things that are not okay. Okay, well, maybe you guys will hear Calvinism and Arminianism stuff at some no, point. you will never hear that. Never hear that. Because what people mean by that is election versus not election. 
and we, know, we and Michael has vetoed. But Calvinism is more than that a, conversation. Is more than that conversation. So. That is true. Okay, fine, fine. Whatever. Cheers. Thanks for watching. What are you putting in the creek? Um, there's no instant communication in heaven, and God. Well, maybe there is. God hates cities. Put it in the creek. And cats. And dogs. <laughs> Not as much dogs. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hit that like and subscribe button. And a share so all your other friends can find out about us. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other podcasting platforms. Also, if you want to give us a follow on social media, we're on Instagram, Facebook, as well as TikTok. If you love us, please buy our merch. And if you don't, I'm used to it by now. Please come back. (laughs) 